Hey there, and welcome to Queer I Am, Lord, a brand new show where two or more gather together in God's name. Tikiki, I'd like to say. I'm Jorge Olivares of HeyHorde.com, and I am ready to Kiki with this next guest, another fellow Catholic, somebody who I've known for a few years, Caio Garcia. Um, we go to the same, I still say I go to this parish, even though I don't physically live in New York City. Um, but I met Kyle through the organization Out at St. Paul's, which is the LGBTQ ministry at the Church of St. Paul the Apostle in New York. And I love it because Kyle's also a cantor. Kyle has involvements with the church in ways that I've never been able to, to be in. And so I'm curious to be able to explore stuff like that about how music might inform one's decision to be associated with the church um, and just how things have changed over the years since Kyle not only moved to New York and started being a part of this parish, but just has been able to maybe change certain things in the course of COVID because I'm, I haven't seen Kyle since be the before times. And so it'll be good <laughs> to see how things have progressed. Uh, but Kyle, thanks so much for joining me today. Jorge, thank you for coming, or thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. <laughs> I will be had and I will come whenever needed. <laughs> I, I want to say that I love, so full disclosure to our listeners, we are having this conversation via Zoom as I've been having all of the conversations for this podcast. And I love that your name, and I kind of know the reason why this is the case, but I love that it says Mr. Kyle for your name. Uh, can you tell our listeners as to why you go by Mr. Kyle on Zoom? Mr. Kyle. So, yeah, I forgot to change it. Thank you for noticing. Um, <laughs> Keep it. I love it. Okay. <laughs> My name is Mr. Kyle on Zoom because I am an elementary school music teacher. And uh, there's like a methodology called Montessori that says that if you go by your first name, it's more personable, your kids can relate to you more, it's less threatening. So I have always gone by Mr. Kyle. So that's just my name on, on Zoom now too. Well, the funny thing <laughs> is I, I feel like even, yes, it kind of makes sense for the age group that you're working with, but I mm. always feel like all music teachers have like the Mr. or Miss or Mrs. identifier at the beginning. And that just kind of has happened through time. Like I know ours was Mr. Uh, I know his last name was Garcia, which is ironic considering that's also your last name. Cool. Um, but I, I grew up on the border. So it makes sense that there would be a last name <laughs> like that. But um, I always love that that's kind of how we used to describe those teachers during that period in our lives. <laughs> I, we all are part of a secret club. I think that's what it is. So <laughs> how long, for our listeners, just so that they know, how long have you been Mr. Kyle to these kids? Uh, so actually, to be honest, my first school, I was Mr. Garcia for two years in Jersey. And it was like fine, but I was, I, we were given the option actually at the beginning of, uh, of like the school year each year, what we would like to be called. And I was on the fence and they told us, you know, the pros and cons. And ultimately I chose Mr. Garcia and then I like quickly regretted it, but I couldn't change it back because I was already at that school. So once, <laughs> once I moved to my, my current school, I was like, all right, fresh start. I'll go by Mr. Kyle. And I've been at my current school for six years. So that's all the kids K through five know me by that. Are, is it a Catholic school or is it a public school? This is like a public school. Yeah. What was it about teaching? What was it about this particular age group that you thought, you know what? I'm going to elect to be a part of this and, and just see where this goes. <laughs> I, so like, I always loved music. My dad um, 
my mom came to America first and my dad was left in the Philippines and they were married. Um, this is before I was born. So in order to like talk on the phone, since they didn't want to pay like, you know, overseas charges, my dad would send cassette tapes of him singing and then like talking to her. And then he would like send it over and it'd be like two hours of him talking. Um, so then she would play that for me. And like growing up, my dad would sing at like parties and he would make me sing and he would play the guitar or whatever. So I just like, always grew up with music. So I always knew that I wanted to be a musician. I always wanted to sing or or teach others how to sing. And then not even till college, actually, my first semester, I was a computer science major because that's just something that I liked and thought that's what a real job was. And then in college, I realized that like, wow, you can teach and like that can be a job. And like, I also hated computer science. So I switched and stayed <laughs> in <laughs> it was really boring. So I stitched and uh, stayed in college for another year. Um, and I also just always really love kids, like my cousins growing up and like helping out at daycares and just like I kids are just hams. They have mm -hmm. no filter. They are impressionable and honest and willing to learn like that's something that I really really like about especially my age group um and like we can go into it later but like just things like sitting cross-legged or like when I had really long hair I would wear it in a man bun even though that shirt that term just a bun mm -hmm. um <laughs> and like kids would be like Mr. Kyle aren't girls supposed to have like buns only or aren't girls only allowed to like sit cross-legged and I would just say like no anyone can sit cross-legged and they would just say oh okay <laughs> like they're very you know they're very just like they they don't have those years and uh, like generations of 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 stereotypes and mm -hmm. like prejudice and all this stuff they are they want to learn and they things that make sense to them make sense I, so there's two things I want to take from what you just said. One, there has to be a movie made about your parents' love story, about cassettes being sent Yay! and like music being, like that is precious. That is such a wonderful way to continue communication during a very difficult time, I can imagine. Yeah. Um, so that is incredible. Also, I love the <laughs> fact that music is the basis of that communication. Um, two, I think there's something to be said about the the wonderful, like, sponginess that kids have where they just absorb everything around them and really because unless there's parents back home that have already ingrained in them certain ideals um, and certain things that are counter to what they're experiencing in the world but like they just seem so open and free and like okay I if you say that's the case I'll take it that that's the case I have no reason to to kind of put up an argument against that um but I do want to focus kind of since you did address it. Um, I forgot when you had long hair and when you would wear it in a bun, but that was part <laughs> of when we've known each other. But like, what was that conversation like, um, even with yourself before you did that? Because you might have anticipated that kids were going to be a little like, but this is more like girl. Oh, this is not like a boy. And, and Weirdly enough, that is the one thing we are conditioned to understand as kids, like what's boy, what's girl, what's blue, what's pink. Um, so like, did you have any doubts, any hesitations? So to be honest, like uh, every decision I make or every decision I try to make is always in preparation for a teachable moment. So even yeah. if it's subconscious, even though, even if it's, you know, whatever it is, uh, if my bulletin board 
we are assigned to like change it every month and it's a big deal. So, you know, I like to do it in purples and pinks and on purpose so that kids can ask like, Mr. Kyle, why are you using a girl's color? And, you know, and then you can get into this long presentation of what that means and why that isn't a thing and all these things. So one, it really, the, the bun came out of ease because sometimes I didn't like it in my hair. So I just did it, but I did it knowing that, all right, some kids are probably going to ask about it. Mm-hmm. So that'll be an opportunity to explain to them, you know, why it's okay for anyone to just have their hair up like that. I, I think it's so special that you teach music because I think music is, is the universal language that everybody seems to understand. Like mm-hmm. even I can listen to a song that's in a completely different language that I have no idea how to decipher, but still enjoy it and still kind of understand what it means because of the, the intonation of the singer, because of the beats that are associated with that particular song. Um, so I love that here, even just with kids, even with people who aren't kids, like there's a way to communicate with them through the course of song. Um, and I want to ask about particularly singing at church, because I think that's a different kind of ministry, obviously, than the, the singing and the, the music work that you do at school. Um, what is it about singing at church that kind of activates a different part of your brain? Oh, gosh. it's So first of all, there's this quote that I... I think it's anonymous, but it's um, music is like what emotions sound like, I think is what it is, or or feelings sound like. And to me, that's been kind of like a like a mantra for my whole life. Like we we as people, especially like kind of nowadays, we aren't excellent communicators. And we especially in a machismo society, we men aren't good at communicating their emotions and articulating how they feel. Um, So music to me in general first is like, it's just how to communicate to others, how I feel, how I'm doing, how this artist or this writer was feeling at this moment, or I want to feel happy or I want to feel, you know, uh, relaxed right now. So I'm going to listen to this or, you know, enjoy this. Um, So that's how I look at music. And that's part of why I love it. Um, in terms of the church, we come from the streets and we're coming from the grocery store. We're coming from here and that. And we walk into the sanctuary and music helps transform kind of that space into, you know, it's, it involves more senses. It, you know, it, it, it calms the body or it excites you or whatever it is. So for me in church, com- communication is like what music is. It helps mm-hmm. people really, really understand what that homily was, what that reading was, um, and helps kind of drive home what the main idea is. Mm-hmm. From a non-musician standpoint, I can say that I absolutely love music. I can listen to music all day if I could. Um, and that kind of spans genres. But I've never become emotional about music unless I'm at a church. Hmm. And I will say it's specific also to the, the choir that we have at this particular parish where, where we're both members of. Like, I don't know if it's because of the particular voices that are associated with it. I don't know if it's because of the content of the songs that you're singing, but man, it is very rare when I do not find myself on the verge of tears listening to hmm. a choir sing. I, do you, is it emotional for you in that way where you feel like, oh my God, if I 
if I wasn't singing right now, I'd probably be crying just a little bit. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. And the thing is, so like, first of all, I love all music, especially vocal music, because the original instrument in our in our world is the voice. And mm-hmm. all these other instruments, more or less, are built to to replicate something of the voice, like the the vibrato in the violin or the range in a trombone. Everything is based on, oh, well, the voice does this. So let's make something that does this and da-da-da. So in my mind, you know, biased as a vocalist, the voice, it is the first instrument, but it's the best instrument in that it evokes all these emotions and you can have all this, these dynamics and articulations and the words and everything else like that. Um, it is, and it's funny because you say that like, when you hear music in the church, you, you know, you, you can get emotional. Uh, and the thing is like, for me and maybe the other choir members at our at our church, that happens not only in, in when we're singing, but also when we're singing in rehearsal, because the first time will be like, oh, good point. You know, like a month earlier or two months earlier, and we'll read a piece of music or listen to a piece of music for the first time, and that's the moment where like people are audibly in the choir, like, oh my gosh, and like you know, <laughs> we're talking about this line and looking at this, and, blah, blah, blah. and then we sit with it for weeks and we talk about, you know, what does this mean or where does this come from, and like bringing out certain parts about like, if this word, if the word God here on beat three is more important than this and all of that then for me helps bring out the context and the text and the emotion even more. Cause we get to really, really in the rehearsal, get into the fine details of what this message is, what this, you know, what the main idea of this piece is. Mm-hmm. Um, so then once you perform it, it can honestly, it can be really overwhelming because it's all these emotions all in one. And sometimes I need to kind of just like not check out, but like, uh, I can't think all of that at once. I can't like, yeah. Plus I can imagine how difficult it is when you are watching an audience react to you doing what you're doing as you're also trying to maintain yourself. Um, Yeah, I can see how that's interesting. I I don't remember what the correct number is, and I'm sure this is all subjective. But mm. like, I feel like I've always heard that praying uh, or singing is you praying like three times more, or like there's a like they they try to find a way to like add percentages mm. to the amount of times. Like, do you see <laughs> that every time you sing at church, you're like, dear Lord, I'm praying an obscene amount right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, for sure. There's Oh, okay. Here's another butchered like quote. It's yeah. It's like, if you mean something, like if you say something like, I love you, that's one thing. But if you walk over to someone and you say, ah, like, and you start singing like, oh, I love you. That it just means more. It means mm-hmm. they, you know, like, and the vibrato and like the, just the drama of it all. So it's not to say that if someone is at church and they're praying, they're not praying as well as they could or whatever. <laughs> that's true. I should say. <laughs> Not take it away from everybody who is a non-singer, non-vocal. Right, exactly. Their prayers exactly. matter. They are yeah. totally fine. <laughs> but it's just like, because music works so many parts of your brain, when you are singing and when you're listening and appreciating the music or, you know, joining in on with it, it it's not just the text. It's, it's, the, it's the timbre. It's the tempo. It's all of these things tied together that really drive home whatever whatever that passage is or whatever that you know whatever that reading is Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I should, I said this at the beginning, that's the reason I know Kyle is because we went to the same church, part of the same ministry team, or well, the ministry that is part of, associated with that church. Um, but he's not the only person I know. I also know Kyle's fiance because yeah. of this organization. <laughs> um, what is it like to, because I don't think I even know this story. Y'all did not meet at church, right? You met outside of church, but you just so happened to have that connection. Uh-huh. So okay. it was like, we call it like avocado time because you know, <laughs> avocado, avocados are only ripe for like one day. And like, we just, we just happened to like be ripe at the exact same time because I had been in a relationship for a year with a guy that I really liked and we, you know, but I knew that his, I knew that I wanted to be with someone that whose faith aligned with mine. Um, so when we broke up, I looked into churches and I, you know, St. Paul Xavier came up and uh, St. Sorry, St. Francis Xavier uh, and St. Paul came up and a few others. So I had like a list on my computer of like churches I would start going to at that time. I was also then dating online. So I was like dating guys and with the idea of like, all right, let's look for someone who not only is a good person and all these things, but also someone that whose faith aligns with mine. Um, so I was on all the apps, including Tinder. And that's where Zach and I met. And he, I'd like to remind everybody, uh, super liked me. <laughs> Let's which, make it clear. That's <laughs> make it official. Do not change not, the stories. Yeah. yeah don't get it twisted. <laughs> so he, um, super liked me. So then I made sure I saw in his profile that the first thing it said was, the things that are most important to me are faith, family, and friends. So I was instantly like intrigued and we talked for not too long, like a week, a week or two weeks. And then we went on a date and he told me he attended St. Paul's. So I joined him and, you know, that was it. And like, we talk about how I could have gone there on my own and maybe we would have met and maybe we wouldn't have, but I like how it happened. Mm-hmm. And what was that? Three years ago? Four years ago? Five years ago. What? Yes. Yesterday actually was our date anniversary. Oh, how adorable! Yeah. I don't know why. I, maybe it's because I'm my I have COVID brain. Yeah. Like <laughs> I have no sense of time anymore. But I guess it does make sense that I've known you guys for that long because I've been going to St. Paul's uh, since 2015. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for sure. Then. I, maybe because I feel like I've constantly seen you two together that it just, I don't know, maybe time time has warped for me. Um, <laughs> but y'all have been engaged for a little more than a year now, right? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, January 2nd of 2020. So right before it all like happened. And I saw the video that was posted at least five times because it is very Yay! adorable. Um, I, are you... I mean, I don't know how much thought and thought process has gone into when a wedding will happen and what that will look like. But like, are you, you have to sing at your wedding, right? There's no uh, way that you can't. No, that's not going to happen at all. Because <laughs> you can't, well, I guess that's true. You don't want to work at your wedding. No, but, no. But and I also, there'd be like a surprise performance. Like, oh, if everybody turns to the left, we have a surprise performance by one of the groups. No, no, I just feel like uh, no, shade, <laughs> no shade to anyone who has done this. But personally, for me, I think that would be, 
I just think that'd be like super indulgent, right? To like not only have all eyes during the ceremony, but then to like, all right, for my next song, like edit. <laughs> yeah. I think it is too much. It's just too much. And then, like, you take it away from the best man. You're just like, thank you for that. Um, hi, tap, tap, tap. I just want to start by saying, I know, I I guess I could do that. Totally would take a lot of the energy away from. Yeah. And I just want to enjoy it. Like, I don't want to, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Have you, maybe because we, and I'm taking this off of what. Zach's profile said, and what I obviously know about you, about faith being such a huge component of our lives, being something that we were very much looking forward to in our partners. Like, have you thought about what that wedding will look like? Because it might not have the religious environment and the religious context that we grew up seeing everybody else in our lives have? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes. And... The things I want, the things that are most important to me are that my immediate family is there, um, that we have some Irish food and lots of Filipino food. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and that's it. And I would like as much influence of, from our faith represented as possible. Um, but we have to like go into how that would work. And, you know, we'll have readings and we'll have this and that but um yeah it's it's tough because like faith is important to both of us and god is important to to both of us and we want that to be represented and want to be part of the day but you know it's tough when like the church comes out with things and says things that is the antithesis of that um you know it's like like an like an unrequited love, if you will. Like, <laughs> yeah, for real. You know, yeah. Uh, I should note that Kyle and I are having this conversation not too long after the news came out that the Vatican said that there will be no blessing of same-sex unions because God cannot bless a sin, which continues on with this incredibly hurtful rhetoric that somehow Kyle, myself, and every other queer person um, that we have to see ourselves as sinful beings. Um, were you angry when you heard that? Like, what were, or were you just like, ugh, this is what we've heard from time to time again, move on? <sighs> Maybe I'm naive, but, and also like over winter break, I saw uh, Pope Francis's documentary and it was, and it was beautiful and it was inspiring. And I was very just like optimistic about not only his view, but the Vatican's view on the LGBTQ community and our future in the church and women in the church. And I still don't think it's naive to think that, but I was, I shouldn't have been surprised, but I was surprised when it came out because if they didn't agree, in my opinion, they should have just not said anything instead of coming out and like going through all the work of putting out, not even just a statement, but it was, it was hurtful, you know? Mm-hmm. So so I, I was surprised, but I still have hope for the future because I think that was the position of the Vatican present day. Yeah. Not, not always. I, I kind of want to, you know, this is somewhat related because of this idea of, of unions and, and families that we create as same-sex people. Um, and I should say just kind of all-encompassing queer identities and how we each choose to, to live our lives, either romantically or not. 
but there was an emphasis on family, especially between the connection you have with Zach. And mm. I'd be remiss to not bring up Mango because I've seen Mango in the course of this conversation. Mm. Um, <laughs> what is it like to like realize that you have started this family and you know the, the, the process that you were, were hoping for five, six years ago when you were looking for that partner and you were looking for this life, like that it's kind of right in front of you now. You're right. And like, <laughs> I, so long story short, she's a quarantine dog and we always wanted a dog, but the plan was after I finished grad school, since I'm a teacher, I could start training our dog over the summers. So like the summer after I graduated, which, which is, which would have been next summer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when we would have gotten a dog, but quarantine hit. So then we looked online and I looked at all, you know, adoption agencies and shelters and everywhere. And he finally found um, our little dog named Mango. And she is so sweet and so kind. And after talking to uh, talking to the people who had her, I looked at Zach and said, you know, this is our first addition to our family. And it was like, and we knew it was a big deal, but um, it's just like hard to imagine now our family without her you know and now mm-hmm. when we go for a walk it's not just i'm going a walk with zach it's like oh it's a family walk or like when we're on oh, a little so trip cute. yeah it's like we're going over just like snuggling on the couch it's not just me with zach it's the family snuggle or you know <laughs> it's like it's everything is different is she baptized uh <laughs> i'm just playing. uh next question can they do that <laughs> i don't know but they have the uh um, blessing of the pets, but I think that I don't know if that happened this year. Oh, that's right! Like during the feast day of Saint Francis of Assisi, don't they they bless Correct. all the pets, right? Yeah, but I think that's like was that was it October? September? Uh, I'm a bad Catholic. I have no idea when feast days are. Same. I think I think it's around then, <laughs> but uh, I don't think it happened this year. So next this coming year, yes. Nice. There w- there will be a blessing. Yeah. Um, I I kind of want to end because I feel like I've heard you sing this song multiple times. And I feel like it is the one thing I constantly go back to when I have these conversations about queerness and the Catholic faith and where we belong. But you have sung All Are Welcome in this place many a times. Uh How does it feel when you sing that? Particularly (sighs) because of the messaging and, and how people like me and you take it when we hear it. Yeah. Uh, first of all, Father Gill, the, uh, the previous pastor of St. Paul's referred to this as like the theme song for St. Paul's, you know, it's, and whenever it was our entrance song or, or any song in, uh, in mass, I just felt, I just felt like home. It felt like we were singing about our home. All are welcome, no matter where you're from, no matter who you are, what you identify as. Um, we are all God's children and we are all, we're all here on this earth together to be together. And it's just so clear, you know, and it, each verse goes into, you know, we are, we are building this house and it's full of hopes and dreams and we're all God's children. And it's uh, like you, like we talked about earlier, like music just kind of clarifies everything and it really drives home what the main idea is. And it's unfortunate that some people don't live their life like that and focus on one line in the Bible about, mm-hmm. you know, about certain things or, you know, that 
could be it could have been mistranslated or in the yeah. context of of 2000 years ago who knows so but instead of looking at the overarching idea of the bible which is love and acceptance and reaching out and meeting people where they are um so that's why you're right that's that's one of my favorite hymns i the funny thing is when you brought up the other idea about like music and church and the, the, the joy of seeing people coming from the streets. Like I had like my sister act moment where they're singing, <laughs> like all the people are coming in, like what's happening in here. <laughs> I kind of feel like not only is our parish that, but like anytime you hear a song like that, you feel that energy, like where anybody can just walk in and feel like they're at home, which is such a beautiful feeling that I hope a lot of people get a chance to feel. Um, I do understand uh, that I have to let Mr. Kyle go because Mr. Kyle's got kids that he's got to teach. Um, but I, I want to ask if you're so comfortable doing, um, do you have social media handles that you would like people to be able to follow you at? Or Yeah, you can sure. follow me on Instagram at it's Mr. Kyle. See, perfect. All so around. easy. <laughs> <laughs> easy to remember. Yep. Um, and I want to end as I've been ending all of my conversations. Kyle, peace be with you. And to your spirit. And also with you, whatever your choice is. <laughs> <laughs>